classes in session. Hey, welcome to Unlearn 16 classes in session, guys. Today, you just get me. And I think what I'm going to try to do today, if I can, if I can push through it, is give you the sort of full picture of what Grandma Ruby has gone through and is going through and where we're at. I did a, a podcast a little bit ago, I don't know, a few episodes ago, about how angry I was at the system, how angry I was at cuts and caretaking and all of those things when it came to uh, geriatric care, hospital care in Ontario. Today, I'm going to give you a bit of a fuller picture so you can see where I'm at. I think I think talking about this issue is incredibly important because I think a lot of people are going through it. I think more of us are going to go through it as the years progress on. I think it's incredibly important to talk about these things so that we have the ability to reach out, find support when we need it, find fire and, you know, when we need it, find places to be upset when we need it. Um, so let me take you back. All right. My grandma is, my grandma is 97. She is 97. I need you to understand about something about grandma Ruby. She is 97 healthy. All right. She's lived on sugar, cigarettes and coffee and pure stubbornness for 97 years. I want to be crystal clear. The only thing that's really gotten in my grandma's way in, you know, over the time and now, uh, not well, up until recently is her body. She has bad, um, she's always had arthritis. She, that increasingly got worse. I think that, um, her, her body just hurts. It hurts to touch a lot of places on her, like her arms hurt, her shoulders hurt, her joints hurt now, all of those things hurt. And so I think that's really what's gotten in her way. But like for my grandma's whole life, the only thing she's ever been on is blood pressure medication, right? She's also wicked stubborn in the sense that anytime she's gotten sick, she just takes to her bed. And I think that mentality Got her through. I mean, guys, she had shingles. She refused to tell anybody. She got a staph infection because she cut her head, didn't tell anybody, got an infection. Finally, when we figured it out and got her to the hospital, like it was insane what we had to do to get her better then. But she was younger then. Right. So your body bounces back better then. At 97, what she's just gone through wasn't this wasn't just so incredibly horrific, um, but I think it was enough. And the more nurses I talked to and the more sports staff I talked to, at 97, when you get hit with anything, it's like your body's ability, your mind's ability to bounce back from that is greatly diminished. So a few weeks ago, God, I don't even know. I can't even tell you the time period, okay? So let's say a month ago, my... Grandma got really sick. Okay. So she had a stomach, a weird stomach thing. She wouldn't get out of bed because that's how my grandma rolls. Now, before that, she was losing her memory a little bit, of course, like in and out. Right. But she always remembered sort of the immediate family that's around her all the time. She remembered the casino. And this was just one of those things. And so she wasn't eating, she wasn't drinking, and she had to go to the hospital. I'm not going to go on about that particular scenario. I'm going to come back to our medical systems and the funding of medical systems in another episode. That's not, I don't want, I, I don't want this to be about that for now. So she went into the hospital and she stayed there for about a week. 
And in that week, they found out like she wasn't eating. She wasn't getting out of bed. She was a little bit drinking, right? But she hurt. Her body hurt, which had nothing to do with what's wrong with her. But she was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Now, in retrospect, I don't know what would have been the perfect thing to do. Get her up right away. Keep her up. Keep her up. Keep her up. Make sure she eats. But she was battling what we then found out much later, by the way. She had a parasite. And my grandma and I laugh about this parasite because apparently it's something that you get from fresh fruits and vegetables. My grandma doesn't eat either. Never has 97 years. Remember, sugar, coffee, cigarettes, stubbornness. There's no vegetable fruit component in that mixture. So as she's getting better in the hospital, we realize that her physicality has declined. Now, her physicality had declined before the hospital. This is just what put it over the top. So we realized at that point as a family, um, we need to have 24 hour care for her, right? Because you, I, I've been around her enough at this point to know you at least need full, two full grown, healthy, physically fit adults to take care of what she needs at all times. And, and we just didn't, we didn't have that. Right. I go to work. I mean, um, and my mom is, you know, still recovering. It doesn't have that strength anymore. And it was just you, the 24 hour care. So, okay. So we decided, which you all know that I hate as I'm making excuse after excuse about why, but we, we found an assisted living facility. Now, again, I'm not going to get into the cost, but holy crap. I don't, I don't understand how people who are in their, you know, nineties or whatever age you are, where you need that kind of care, which in my opinion is medical care. And we've now privatized so much of it because if you don't go to the private one, the public one is so understaffed and underfunded, you're not getting care. And I'm not blaming those facilities. I'm blaming the government, hands down. Again, I'm going to put put that over there for a bit. And I'm going to talk about this private facility that she's in. I'm not going to talk about money because I think that's, you know, in bad taste. I It's insanely expensive, insanely expensive. But when you go into this place... And so grandma eventually got healthy enough to go to this facility. So when we go into this place, um, it's like a beautiful, you know, uh, hotel where they take care of everything. All right. Now, initially I wasn't sold on it because you know me, I want her like, I'll just take her to school with me and sit her beside me in a chair. I mean, that's ridiculous, but you understand what I'm saying. And when she went in there, the very first night, the very first woman that took care of her, her name is Paula, um, and and another woman, Sam, I mean, my grandma kissed them on the head. And here's what I want to say about that. When you're dealing with kids, animals, the elderly, I think they go very much by how they feel, by the energy the other person puts out there. And that's what they respond to because their verbal skills and their, their understanding and their memory and all of those things for those three groups of, of entities, um, they have to trust their gut. And that's why our gut is so powerful. And that's when I, when I heard that, when I saw that, when I felt that from the people taking care of my grandmother, I saw these, these, People have a beautiful heart, a beautiful intent, and my grandma feels it. My grandma feels it so much she gave one a kiss on the head. My grandma's never kissed me on the head. Like, that's how much my grandma doesn't rely on that kind of thing, right? 
So we get her in there and initially she won't get up and it's a problem, but we have family that goes there every day. Okay. So like her, her kids random, like they have like sort of a schedule. Everybody sees her every day. I try to go every day as well. Um, just because I, I don't know. I just want to make, sh- I, I want to see her every day. I also know time's limited. So now her getting better, as soon as she went in there, she didn't want to get up. Right. So she didn't want to get up. She didn't want to get up. And, and you, my head starts to go to, what have we done? Have, have, have we put her somewhere where she's never going to want to get up, where it's not going to be encouraged enough, where she doesn't have, even though we're there every day, like in my head spinning about what was good. And then she gets up. And then I go in a few times and she's feeling better. And she, you know, she's talking and she remembers everything. We talk about the casino. We talk about this and we talk about that. And she's feeling better. And I'm like, okay, okay. So if we can get her better gradually and the nursing staff there was like, you know, she's making, she's making progress. This is a mate. Like she's making progress. She's going to get evaluated again this coming week, but she's making progress. And then you get days where she won't get out of bed. She won't get out of bed again. She just, she's, she hurts and she's tired. My problem is, is that she hurts and she's tired. So she doesn't get up and eat. She doesn't get up and eat and she hurts and she's tired. And it's this horrible cycle, but you can't, she has to want to break that cycle. She has to, you know, and I, and I get her bringing her in all of these different foods for her to eat. She doesn't want to eat. Everything tastes bad to her. Everything tastes like crap. Bacon, she likes, but she won't start swallowing. Not a lot of swallowing going on, which we have a, a, a therapist coming in to deal with that. And, you know, different times she remembers different people. Um, I try to get her up. She gets up, but she's so, so tired when she's in the wheelchair and I'm pushing her around that she falls asleep literally sitting up and her legs ache and she's not on any other medication. And you don't know, it's so hard when you're dealing with somebody, it's just like dealing with a kid. You, you really don't know, you can't grasp the thing that hurts them the most or how to handle it because they're not incredibly capable of being articulate enough to tell you what's wrong. And if they can't tell you what's wrong in, in, a, in a clear way, how do you know what to do and how to fix it? Um, we did find out she had this parasite. So that took a long time. And then she was on antibiotics. You got to know she was on antibiotics for a long time. Well, what the week, but she wasn't eating anything. So you also got to know the antibiotics were hard in her stomach. So it's like a catch 22. It was fixing something that needed to be fixed, but she wasn't eating enough to sort of balance out how that was going through her system. So all of this stuff is going on and you go in there and, you know, some days she'll look at you and she'll say, and I know a lot of you guys have had this experience. She'll look at you, you know, your mom, your grandparent, your what, whatever. She'll look at, she'll look at me and she'll say, um, when am I going to get better? Am I getting better? Am I getting better enough? You know, and those are the hard times that, and I'm talking to people going through it right now. I don't even know who, I don't even know my, my target audience at this point. But you look at her, she's 97, and she is. I said, Grandma, you, you are getting better because last week or two weeks ago, you wouldn't even get out of bed. She's like, really? Because she doesn't have that memory. So when she doesn't have that memory of what it was 
what it felt like before. She just knows it feels crappy today. Not as crappy as it was before, but still crappy today. And that's all that she can go on because she she only has that kind of tunnel vision because she has no memory. So I said, Grandma, so I explained to her all the time, but you're getting better because you used to not get out of the bed. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you were so, you didn't eat nothing. She's like, oh, I said, so you're getting better. Okay. So she feels people need hope for crying out loud. They need to think, they need to understand that they're on somewhat of a trajectory. I don't care how old you are. If it feels like you're never getting any better. And if you're just like consistently, where's the hope? You need hope. Yeah. And which is why I take her outside and there's ducks at this establishment and there's like different music things that go on. And I always used to think my grandma wouldn't have liked them because she's not much of a joiner. But now I see that those are things that really start to occupy and like engage her mind in a way that I feel like, you know, the casino or whatever we used to do with her would engage her mind on a regular basis. So now she's starting to do those things, but we're having, still having a really hard time getting her to eat. So do we get the insurers and the milkshakes and trying to sneak it in this way and sneak it in that way and get the, get the speech pathologist and, and their job is to, you know, figure out how, how to start making her swallow again. Cause sometimes that's a thing. There's a name for it. Aphasia, maybe not. That's not her name. I've been watching too much house. There's something, there's something where older people like swallowing food is difficult. So we can get somebody in to try to figure that out because I really think this is the vicious cycle. Um, now, when I went there, and the reason why I'm making this particular podcast, I'm trying to give you guys a, a lot of you guys ask for her to be on video, you know, when she going to go to the casino, when she going to do it? I want to do all of it. I want to have her on video, but I want her to be healthy enough and aware enough to know that she's on it and it not to feel like I'm just taking a video of her in a very weak state. My grandma is wicked prideful. I took her yesterday. I was there yesterday and she said, am I dressed nicely? I said, yeah, grandma, you're dressed nicely. She goes, good, good, good. Make sure I'm always dressed nicely. Like that's still who my grandma is. She wants to make sure that she looks good. She want, She's still prideful in a lot of that. Um, I spent some of the time taking, she has a few you know, let's say whiskers. I said, grandma, you want me to cut these for you? She goes, well, I can't see them. I said, okay, well, you don't want me to? She goes, no, no, no. Could you do that for me? I said, of course I could. So we sat outside and, you know, I, I helped her. I helped her look good. So I can tell her, you know, and I showed her videos on TikTok of her and I together. She's like, I look good. I said, I know you look good, grandma. You know, yesterday uh, I took her out. And it was beautiful, beautiful outside yesterday. And we sat down and um, I took her to the park so she could have a cigarette. And it was the first time she looked at me and said, who are you? Guys, <clears throat> for anyone that's gone through that with a parent, with a loved one. That was a hard, that was a hard thing to hear. And I know that's just about me because I, I looked at her and I didn't, I didn't cry. I didn't make a big deal of it, but it was like this huge lump in my throat and I just needed to swallow hard so I could talk to her about who I was and where she, cause she didn't know where she was and why she was there. And so I could talk her through that and I didn't want to make her feel afraid or upset or uncomfortable that somehow she didn't know who I was. 
And in about 10 minutes, we, we just continued. She said, what do you do? She asked me what I did for a job. She asked me if I was married. She asked me if I had kids. She just wanted to get to know who I was, which I find quite lovely. So I tried to talk to her about that. And in about 10 or 15 minutes of being outside, you saw it click for her. And all of a sudden she was back. She said, Joe, you came to see me again. You come to see me all the time. And, and she was back. And so I had to quickly shift gears and forget about that other part and forget about my feelings, not about me, just to know that she feels taken care of. She, you know, and she said, you always come and take care of me. And then she would go off for the rest of the day. I felt like for hours, she would go off and talk about how good her kids are. They all come see her and take care of her. And then she kept asking me what I honestly believe a lot of older people think. She kept saying things like, am I a bother? Am I too much work? You, you can't keep coming here. This is too much for you. I'm too, am I, am I too much? Am I, and guys, you know, that's, that's how she feels. And, and, and for my grandma, fine, she has her pride, but it's also the feeling of I don't want her to ever feel like she is a burden. She is a bother. She is too much work, you know? So I say all the things to her. I say all of those things to her. I say, but grandma, listen, because I know my grandma likes to have agency. I say, you, you also pay money to be here. So all of these people work for you. That's kind of how I shape it because I know that's important to her, right? It's important to her that... She and I said sounds silly, but it's important for her to feel like she has control a little bit of the situation. I said, I come here just to hang out with you. I don't come here because I have to. I don't come here because I have to make you food or or do things for you. That's all taken care of. I come here to hang out with you, right? Like, and then I say, like, I, I like the ducks. We go sit by the pool. We go do all of these different things. And again, she doesn't have a lot of memory of it. And I said, but what I really need you to do is start to eat so that I can take you out of here. And we can go to the casino. And you say the casino to my grandma. Every memory is triggered about that place. She, she smiles big and she wants to go. You know, I tell her I'm getting married every time I'm there, which is a lovely surprise for her. Um, and we just, we try to talk and then eventually she starts falling asleep and, and, you know, there, there's that sort of wave to the day. Uh, but I, I, I realize, and just because it was the first time it happened to me, it happens to everybody in my family, right? It was the first time it happened to me where she didn't know. And, and I realized that it's okay if she didn't know me because I still think she felt me. I know that sounds weird, but if she could kiss a nurse on her head the first time she met her because she could feel the fact that that person cared about her enough and really empathized and, and wanted to take care of her and that was genuine if my grandma could feel that about a stranger she's never met, she sure as hell can feel that about me and my intent in coming there, even if she doesn't remember that I'm her granddaughter. So she doesn't remember, that's okay. 
I just want to make sure that she feels that I love her, that she feels like she matters, that she feels like she knows that her stories matter to me. And then getting to know each other. Frig, I'll get to know her every day for as long as she's here again and again and again and again. I take pictures. I show her video. When she does remember me, I'll show her video of the two of us because I don't I guess what I've come to in a very, unfortunately, a little bit of a painful way is the idea that if she forgets me, that's okay. I don't need to prove to her who I am. I just need her to know that she's loved. So that me being in that space isn't about, well, I'm your granddaughter. Let me show you pictures. Look, grandma, this is who we were. And we did all these things. No, 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 no. I don't need to do any of that. None of that. I think I just need to sit down with her when she's in that space and get to know her all over again so she can get to know me all over again. I will tell her stories the way that I tell strangers stories that want to know who I am. I will try to listen to anything she remembers about herself and ask her questions about herself. So in a way, I can get to know her again in that back and forth. And if at some point in the conversation that spark goes off and she remembers who I am, amazing. Then I'll show her videos of us and we'll laugh and we'll talk about it and, and all of those things. But if she doesn't, you know, cause I have to brace myself for if she doesn't, then we will sit together and we will get to know each other again. And for the men and women, <clears throat> who work in these establishments, who work in these care facilities. I need to say I have so much respect and gratitude for the job you do and for the love you lead with because these people don't, don't know you, but they feel your intent. And, I, and I've been there every day since my grandma's been there, and I watch. I watch other people. I watch them with other people. I, I, I feel you, you know, you feel what it's like in that place. And I am blown away at the love you show and the care and the empathy that you lead with. I really, really am. And people that choose to go into that work, you, you amaze me. And I thank you for it. Because, I mean, I take care of my grandma that way, but she's my grandma. <laughs> you take care of everybody's grandparents that way. And it astounds me. You know, I, I was sitting with her um, a couple days ago. And when, you know, she does and doesn't remember and fluctuates in and out of what she remembers. But every once in a while, she'll have a very clear, cognizant memory. And I'll be able to pull up videos instantaneously, which sort of draws her back into that time and space. You know, like I can show her videos and pictures from Christmases or vacations and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's incredibly important because it kind of, it, it focuses her, right? And it focuses her in that time, whatever she's triggered, in that time that she remembers. So I think that's incredibly important. I think what I need to learn how to do better, because I'm just getting used to it, is shifting. Shifting between the granddaughter she's known for 47 years and a stranger who she feels comfortable and safe with. Cause I know she feels that 
she feels comfortable and safe with, but doesn't really know. And as sad as that is, it's still kind of this beautiful thing that shows you that memories and conversations and, and awareness of who you are and what you mean to each other because of family, because of history, because of all of those things, there is something deeper that she feels comfortable with. And it's not about blood. It is about family. But when I see her with those nurses, it's not about family because we've been together forever. It's about family because she can feel intent. And she can feel, you know, what the good you want for her and the good you want to do for her. Yeah. And then at some point she says, get my purse. I mean, let's be honest. That's how every, as soon as my grandma's really cognizant, that's what she's saying. Get my purse, get some money, Joe. You need some money. I don't need any money. Oh, Joe, you go. I, I, I don't need any of that money. My grandma says, you go spend. No, no, no. Grandma's fine. Eventually to say, of course, grandma, I'll, I'll, I'll go buy something. Don't worry about a thing. So every day is going to be something different. She's 97. This is the hard part trying to resign myself to the fact that she's 97. She may bounce back in increments. But at some point, I have to make space for her feeling safe enough and loved enough to do what she needs to do in this life. And that's really, really, really hard. Because it's not about the other person when you don't want them to go. That's about you. And that's, that's really, I don't mean selfish in this horrible way. It's just very much about you. I don't want her to go. I don't want, I want to be able to walk in there. And she smiles because she knows I was going to come see her that day. You know, you want that to stay forever. But the job that we have to do at a certain point in people's life is understand that what they need and what they want and what they makes them feel safe and loved is what we're going to give for as long as we can give it, as long as they are with us. And I don't think I've ever had to learn a harder lesson. And I don't know if I can teach it, and I don't know if I've learned it well. But I will keep learning it, and I will try my best to share it with you so that we can better understand how to deal with the times and the frustrations and the selfishness and the all of those things that go into this part of life. Whew. So on that note, guys, thank you for sharing this time with me. I really appreciate it. And you know, I will see you next Tuesday, same bat time, same bat station. Have a great day. Dismissed.